This is Deepa from DeepaBarrow.com, and you're listening to the Deep Beauty Podcast. Hey guys, so I'm back with another episode of the Deep Beauty Podcast, and I'm so excited today because I have my very best friend in the whole entire world, Sonali Galani, on with me. Hey, Sonali, how's it going? Hi, I'm so excited. I'm so happy that you agreed to do this. Like, so Sonali and I have been friends for I think like 20 years now has been yeah I think it's been a really really long time it's like half our life (laughs) I know yeah (laughs) we've been in each other's lives for half wow that's a really long time um but (laughs) yeah so I feel like we connected pretty early on and just when you have that bond with someone and you just deepen it over the years it just becomes like such a significant part of your life and like now, I mean, even though we're on opposite ends of the world, we're constantly texting and calling and so involved in each other's lives. It's it's really nice. It's very rare. Definitely. And I think we're actually even closer now that we're on opposite ends of the world than when we were living 20 minutes away. Um, yeah, definitely. Okay. And I think that like now that, you know, Derek and I are obviously doing long distance, I think the thing is that you end up commun- having to communicate more when you're not with the person all the time, because you're not distracted by doing things together. You're just like, you know, having to yeah. talk, right? And communicate and stuff, which I think is huge, which I think a lot of people should take into their own relationships, you know, with people yeah. that are right next door. Yep. All right. So we are going to get into this interview. And the reason why I wanted to have Sonali on is because Sonali, um, a lot of you probably don't know, has been through quite a few things in her life. And I have to say, is probably one of the strongest women that I know. And whenever I need advice, like she's always very level-headed, always very, what's the, what do we say about each other? Yeah, like I'm the dreamer and you're the realist. Like you (laughs) are very good at kind of just, you know, putting things in perspective. And uh, yeah, and I feel like you can give a lot of insight to people that are listening. So we're going to take it from the top. When you were younger, your dad was sick for a long time um, and passed away when you were in your early 20s. Um, And also your brother has been through quite a few things. I think, how many accidents has he been in? Like two or three? Um, I guess he had two major accidents. Mm -hmm. Um, But one was, yeah, quite severe. Yeah, and that's a lot to deal with, especially when it's just, you know, you and your mom that are, you know, kind of running the house and making sure that everybody's okay. I just want to know, like, you know, with your dad being sick and with your brother going through what he went through, like, how did that sort of, like, shape you and make you who you are today? Well, it was definitely, I mean, when you're living it, you don't realize you know, what it's doing to you and how it's shaping you and, and, and all of that. Now that I'm older, I think what it, it, it's done, it's, it's made me probably understand the value and the meaning of life more just because I've put, been put through these long, drawn-out scenarios where, you know, my dad being so sick, it's like, you know, is he going to make it? Is he not going to make it? So I felt like, you know, it made me closer to my family, appreciate everybody more. You know, something simple like, you know, I always said, I love you you know, to my mom and my dad, and even sometimes my brother, which is really strange. But, you know, I always had that feeling, well, you don't know, you know, you don't know what's going to happen tomorrow, which can can be kind of, I guess, a morphed view on reality. But that was just what I was living. Mm-hmm. And um, I guess what I knew at the time. I think that's, that's such a key thing, though, like, you know, just to say I love you. And even though it is your brother and stuff like I mean, I can't imagine Dan and I saying that kind of stuff <laughs> to each other. But I think that's great. Like, I mean, 
it doesn't take anything out of you to say it and to remind a person that they're, you know, they're special to you. No, definitely. And as as a mother, I think it's just definitely something that's made me think that's what I want to instill in my children. You know, like it's okay to be um, emotional and to say I love you and give hugs because you don't know what's going to happen. And, you know, it's better to think, well, the last time I saw somebody was, at least I've said I love you and I gave them a hug and, you know, things like that. But, again, that's just a product of my upbringing and being and growing up in such a such an environment where there was just constantly it was constantly life and life and death really sorry that's my dog in the background <laughs> i can hear Tiger. that's so funny he's a, he's, a, he's a bit of a grumpy one is he mad about something oh he's always mad <laughs> <laughs> all right so we are going to move on to the next question that i have for you and this is a big part of why i wanted to have you on the podcast so uh, Sonali's daughter, Misha, her, she's got three children. Uh, the oldest uh, is Maya, the middle one is Misha, and then the youngest is Jaden. Misha has cystic fibrosis. And for those of you that don't know what cystic fibrosis is, why don't you explain it? So, like, it's a multi-system disease. It affects primarily your lungs and your digestive system. Mm-hmm. Um, there's just an imbalance, basically, of salt in the body, which just produces um, mucus. So her lungs are basically full of really thick, sticky mucus, which just means that she's very prone to chronic chest infections. So she'll get, you know, chest infections every two to three months. They can probably last anywhere from maybe five weeks to six months. It just sort of depends. So it just leads to damaging your lungs, which then leads to shorten life expectancy. Now that's Jaden. <laughs> it's either Tiger or Jaden. <laughs> it never um, stops. Yeah. So yeah, so it's it's just a really relentless disease because there's a lot of a lot of work that goes into it. There's a lot of physiotherapy, daily physiotherapy that we have to do for her, a lot of medication, a lot of nebulized treatments which are, you know, inhaled medications that she has to take. And this is all stuff we have to do daily just to keep her well. So when she's not well, we've got to increase everything. So you know, if you think about being a mom or just being a regular person in your normal day, you're busy, you're stressed out, you have, you know, you're sick or you're happy. And then on top of that, you've got to do physiotherapy twice a day. You've got to take a hundred pills. So it's just a really overwhelming, relentless, never ending situation. So the great thing is that you're constantly telling me about all this research that they're doing and all new medications that they're developing. So there is a lot of hope when it comes to sort of treating and handling this disease and that it could possibly increase uh, a person's life expectancy a lot. And this is only right now. And she's, how old is she right, right. now? Seven, eight? She's seven, seven and seven. a half now. So yes. Yeah, so yeah. 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 There's definitely a lot happening in the research side of things. And, you know, they say if there's any time to have CF, now's the time. I mean, if, if I was born with CF, you know, I probably wouldn't be here right now because there just wasn't, um, there wasn't medications available and treatments available like what they have now. So um, at least she can still live, you know, a pretty normal life. Um, and hopefully, you know, there's stuff happening. There's stuff in the process. And hopefully, you know, in, I don't know, maybe 10 years, she'll be on some miracle drug that will be as close to a cure as what, you know, she can have. Okay, so when you move to Australia, so Sonali's husband is from Australia. 
She moved there when they got married. Um, you knew nobody. You didn't really have much family there other than his family. And Correct. then you have two kids, and the second one has a lot of extra needs. How did you – because when I'm looking at it from over here and I see, like – and when I would come visit you, I just saw like this power mom just able to tackle everything and take it on. And you just made it seem like so, so seamless. It was so just, you could just, you could just manage it. No problem. Like how did you deal with it? And how did you adapt yourself in your daily routine to have to deal with a child with special needs? Well, that's a good question. <laughs> I think I'm still dealing and struggling, but, um, but it's nice to hear what you see. I think, you know, when we got a diagnosis, you know, it was obviously very daunting and scary. But I'm really fortunate that I have a great husband. So I have a really great support system. And, you know, even though, you know, my family and friends are on the other side of the world, like, you know, my mom is fantastic. And she gives me a lot of support. And she comes down and helps me. And even you, you know, you're, you're oh. all the way there. But you're somebody that I can, you know, send a text to if I'm feeling shitty, or if I'm feeling scared or feeling sad. My brother, he's really good as well. So I do and I'm good at keeping in touch. So, so that really helps. But I think what happened is, you know, with her and her diagnosis, I had to, I went through like a grieving phase where I had to grieve that, you know, um, I didn't have this healthy child. And then I went through denial thinking, well, no, they got the test wrong or something's happened. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I went through an acceptance stage. And I find with this particular disease, it, it does keep happening like differently throughout the years because it just depends on what's happened to her. Like maybe, you know, we're we're in a routine and everything's going well and then something else happens and I've got to then adapt to having, you know, um, you know, another set of treatments or something else or realizing that she's getting sicker that I've then have I have to keep going through that process. But I keep coming back to acceptance and then the only thing I can't control you know, that she has this disease. I can't control what it's going to do to her. But what I can control is what I teach her, that it's not something to hold her back. You know, teach her, we're going to deal with it and we're going to be fine. Teach her to love and to be happy. And, you know, I feel like, well, my job here, you know, as a mom, if there's anything, I, can, I don't want to sit here and cry and be upset about it and be and just wallow in self-pity like, oh, my God, I've got this sick child. I have to take action and take control. And I think that's what I've always done. Like even when my dad was sick, and I I think I've said this to you before, I think going through such a long process of my dad being sick, that helped me to become a good mom and be able to, you know, do what I have to do with Misha because I just realized that, okay, I need to take action. And that's the only way I can take control. So I'm going to be on top of medications and treatment but make it happy and make it fun and treat her like she's her sister and her brother and her friends and there's no difference you know and that's what I've said to her and I've said to you yeah you've got CF but you know what so what everybody has somebody something somebody has asthma and and somebody has food allergies or mommy's back hurts everybody's got something she doesn't know the severity of it and that it's you know much worse than what I'm making it seem but to get through what we have to get through because if I were to think every day oh my god she's going to die really young. Of course, I'm going to be messed up and I'm not going to be able to do what I have to do. So what I can control is being positive and doing if, you know, what I can do and doing it the best possible way that I can do it. And like I said, I'm lucky I have a really supportive husband. So we decided, you know what, I'm going to have to put my career on hold and I'm going to stay at home and take care of the kids and, you know, mainly 
you know, her and her health as best as I can. So I'm, I'm fortunate that I can do that because not everybody can do that. That's um, true. That's, that's very true. You know, and like I said, I've got, you know, good friends and good family. And I think having, when, I, when it happened and I didn't have a, like, like now I have a good support system of friends here, but I didn't have that when it first happened. So it just taught me to be really strong and realize, not realize, but, but it made me think, okay, I, if I can't do it, nobody's going to do it. Right. Well, I think um, like one of the things that I really like admire about you, going back to what you were saying about, you know, kind of letting her know that everybody's got something that they're going through. And for some people, it's just more visible than others. Like, I think that's such an important lesson for children to learn that, you know, not every, no one's life is perfect. And it may look like that on the outside, but there's always something going on underneath the surface. Exactly. And it took me a long time to deal with that. I mean, you have to remember she's seven now. So when it first happened, I thought, you know what? I don't want that typical Indian way. I don't want anybody to know because I felt like this shame, right? Like she's sick and what is, what are people going to think or how are they going to treat her? I don't want them to look at her wrong. And then I changed completely. And I'm like, you know what? It's all about awareness. Yes. And if you are aware, you can take control and you can be happy and you can do what you want instead of feeling ashamed and negative and scared and and you've got to tippy toe around in life. No way. It's like, you know what? Yeah, I got CF. So what? Look what I can do. I can, she can do one handed cartwheel, (laughs) you know? Yeah. I think a lot of people in our community are getting sort of fed up with that old school way of thinking where you have to maintain this air of perfection. And it's like, no, why? What for? You know, like it's so much better to talk about the things that you're going through and to find people that are going through something similar or people that have gotten through these things and learn from them, you know? Exactly. Exactly. That's so true. And normalizing is normalizing it because if you know, you're hiding it, then something's wrong with you, right? Something's wrong. So you need to normalize it because it's, you know, like we've said, it's true. Everybody has something. And if they don't have something now, you know what? They might have something later on. Yeah. And I found as she got older, she started asking more questions when she's young, two, three, they just do whatever you tell them to do. They don't understand you know, that they're different or wait a minute, this isn't normal. Then she starts school and, and realizing, wait a minute, you know, not everybody does this. And this is actually, you know, not normal, but I'm like, so what, you know, like it doesn't, you know, doesn't change how great you are and what you can do. Um, and everybody has something you just keep pushing forward. Such a great lesson to teach her. Such a great lesson for children to learn, I think. Okay, so going on to the last question I have for you. So you, like you mentioned, you were staying at home with the children. Like, you know, Mm. you know, fortunately, not a lot of people are in, are, you know, fortunate to be in the position where, you know, the one income earner is earning enough income to support everyone. But, you know, in your situation, Vijay, you know, does really well for himself and well for the family. So you don't have to work. I mean, you honestly, you don't have to work. You can stay home with the kids. But you've always had that thing where you wanted, like, I could just, you know, I've, I know you, so I know you've always wanted to have something of your own. Um, and now you're a professional makeup artist in Melbourne, Australia. If anybody's looking for anyone, (laughs) I will put all of her information in the blog post for this episode. So it's at deeperbarra.com. But I wanted to know, like, why is it so important for you to have something of your own? Yeah. Like you said, I've always struggled with, I need to have something of my own. Like I was at home and I was content, but there was still something missing there. And it just took a while for me to find what it was that I wanted to do and, Mm -hmm. and, and, follow those dreams but it was just important for me because 
I just felt, you know, I was spending everything, all of my energy, all my time, everything revolved around the kids. And I would lose my own identity. It was just, I was Maya's mom. I was Misha's mom. I, you know, was doing something for everybody. Mm -hmm. And I would find that because my life is so up and down with the the kids and all their issues and, and then health issues, sometimes I would find myself in a little bit of, of a rut because it's like there wasn't anything there that was fulfilling, you know, my needs. And I knew I couldn't follow my, you know, career path that I w- initially wanted to do. Right. Um, and I, like, again, I have a supportive husband and he, you know, we would sit down and talk about it. And even I talk about it with you and it was like, what is it that, you know, you just love to do? What's something that you just love to do yeah. and f- figure that out and follow your dreams. And it's okay. It's, you know, he put no pressure on me. Just do it as a hobby, whatever it is that you want to do. And, um, I thought, okay, I spoke to you and I figured out what it was and I went to school and it was something that empowered me. I thought, you know what, I'm doing something for me after all these years. It doesn't have anything to do with the kids. It made me feel good about me and, and putting somebody's makeup on and then you see how happy they are. It just made me feel good. You know, it was something that made me feel good making somebody else happy and it just makes things easier, I guess, to get through you know, get through a rough patch, whether it's with the kids or the husband or, you know, Misha or not Misha. But it gives me a little bit extra purpose because it's it's something that I'm doing for myself. I think that's so important. A lot of moms tend to, you know, just lose themselves in that because you, obviously it's, it's tough. You have, you're pulled into so many different directions. Like it's really hard for you to just sort of put yourself, you know, before everyone else. And there's all that mom guilt that comes along with it. So it's, yeah. it's, it's so important for any of the moms that are listening right now, they're going through something like this. It's like, it's just, it's so important to have something of your own and it doesn't have to be a career. It can be a hobby. It can be, you know, just even time with your friends. I know that when you first, when you had Maya, I remember, I remember yep. that we would talk about that kind of stuff in the beginning. It was just like, you know, yeah, you have, you know, this whole other responsibility now, but, but don't lose yourself. Don't, you know, don't put everything into this child that at 18 is going to leave for university or college or for a job or whatever. And it's going to go on and have their own life. And then you're just sort of sitting there and you're looking at your husband and you're like, wait, who am I? You know? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. And that, that's very true. As a, as a mother, you do, especially with number one, you know, you can really lose yourself in that. And then, you know, you see your husband who's still working and still moving forward with his his life and his career. And you sort of have to take a seat back because, you know, you're at home with the kids and then you have another one. And, and it can sometimes build a little bit of resentment because you think, oh, well, what's happened to my life? All of a sudden now I'm not, you know, being a, I'm not able to do what I want to do. And then for me, it was a little bit harder because I had to stop working, which was a conscious decision. But it still would affect me every now and then every like, you know, year I'd go through this phase of I need to do something for myself because I wasn't fulfilling my own basic needs everything was just about the kids and it's so important to do something for yourself it makes you happier it makes you stronger it makes you able to get through whatever situation you're in that little bit more because you 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 know you you just build up your your character and yourself otherwise you can drown in like doing the laundry and doing the dishes and the kids yeah. and the screaming and it's very easy for that to happen and you need to take a step back and say no you know what I'm important too. I need to do something for me because if I can't function, if I can't be happy, then I'm not going to be a happy mom. I'm not going to be a happy wife. Yeah. I'm not going to be able to provide the best for my kids and my home and my husband if I'm feeling crappy about myself. 
So you have to put, you have to learn and you have to take steps actively to put yourself number one. So then you can put everybody else's needs, you know, there as well. No, I love that. And I'm really happy for you that you found that passion and that you've made it, you know, into your career and that you are setting a great example for your children, you know, when they get to that stage. So thank you so much for being on the podcast. And I did want to say one last thing. Yeah, sure. I wanted to say thank you to you. Me? Yes, to you. To you, because you're very inspirational. And I've had the luxury of, of having it for 20 years. Your advice, your comfort, your sincerity, even putting me in my place when, you know, I need to be. <laughs> and now everybody else gets to see it. Oh, that's really sweet. And you're going to make me cry. In- oh, my gosh. <laughs> and you're interviewing people who are inspiring, and they are, but you are inspiring for everybody else. Oh, thank you. And everything oh that you've been through. So I want to say thank you. Oh, thank you for saying that. I really appreciate that. That's really sweet. Sometimes you don't feel it yourself, right? You know, we all have our days. It's really nice that you're saying that I'm like that, but I just want everybody to to know that I'm not always 100%, you know, inspired and, and feeling motivated myself, but it's listening to other people and listening to things like this. And for myself, you know, I listen to a lot of other interviews, a lot of other podcasts, a lot of YouTube videos that pick you up and, and, and make you feel a lot better and give you hope and strength and what you need to get on. And, and you know, and like I said, like coming to you for advice always helps me. And we just have to be there for each other and, and have, you know, avenues like this where you can talk about things and you can learn from other people. It's so incredibly important, which actually, you know, I was going to mention this on the podcast. If you are a woman, you're listening to this, um, join the Deep Beauty Facebook community. It's full of women that are just so incredibly supportive of each other. We do a lot of like challenges where we're like motivating each other to make our lives better. Just go onto Facebook and search under group, type in Deep Beauty and you'll find it. And Snolly's a part of it. And uh, Jasmina, which was the last podcast interview, is a part of it. And it's just full of great women so we need to get together and support each other and uplift each other and just you know make our lives happier at the end of the day that's what it's all about so thank you so much again Sonali for being on this thank you and I will have all of her information on the blog post for this and I will see you guys next week with another podcast episode